Welcome to another episode of Better Why Podcast, your modern day Tia's kitchen table with a little bit of cheesement and less yelling on most days. What's going on, y'all? It's Babs, aka Brenda, aka Babs. I kind of go back and forth, um, but either or is fine. It doesn't help that I always call you Brenda instead. So <laughs> it's totally <There's> that. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's CEO. It's been a minute. We've been gone for a minute. Now we back at the jump off. I love that song. Hey. I was actually listening Little to Lil' Kim. Kim the other day. Oh, I Little Kim. I do too. Uh, I actually was having a conversation with Kiyoshi about uh, women MCs back in the day, but that's a conversation for another episode. But what's been going on, CO? I know that, you know, we've kind of been away a little bit, you know, handling business and taking a break because, you know, we are all uh, deserving of a break. Life happens. And life happens. Yep, yep. Well, I booked the trip to go to Puerto Rico. Yes. I know you were talking about that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to go, though. Why? Because, like, you know, it just doesn't seem like the right time anymore. Okay. Can you at least but like I gotta some sort of refund? Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. Mm. Um, no idea. I have to check because the ticket that I bought was a basic ticket. I have to check. Hopefully I can. But if I can't, then I'll just go. But I do have to take the time off anyway. So because I'm going to lose it before the first year. If I don't use it, but I'm definitely going to use it because ain't nobody trying to lose them days. Not at all. Even if I have to stay home. But um, I booked my trip to Puerto Rico. I went. I finally went to New York to go visit my family. That was nice. So I was there for a while. Actually, I took several days off and I just chilled there. And it was definitely different to be back there. I didn't miss the traffic at all. How long were you there? I I was there for... I was there for a minute, actually. Almost a week. But oh, like sure. in term, like it, I was there for almost a week and not back to back. So like okay. I came home one day and then I went back and then I was there for the rest of the week. So I was actually there for more than a week, maybe like nine days. Hmm. I know it had been a minute since you saw your family. So that's awesome that you finally yeah. got an opportunity to spend mm-hmm. some time with them whatnot yeah for real i haven't seen my grandma she was so happy to see me Mm. she's so freaking cute i love that lady and i think that's really insane but nothing going on i mean that that's just life is mundane and you know we we make uh our own moments so it's pretty much the same over here i think the the biggest thing that's happened is really just us moving like um so me and my partner are finally both in in our new place and it's it's such a nice place. I love it, honestly. I the only thing that sucked was we were trying to get like this very specific piece of furniture, right? Because you know when you have an idea in your head of how you want things to be organized and you find the perfect piece and you're just like, yo, I want that. That's mm-hmm. what happened with this. And we literally went to IKEA in Brooklyn. We were gonna go to the IKEA in New Haven. Both of them had it sold out. So we basically had to be strategic and wait for them to get it delivered uh, yesterday to the Ikea in Brooklyn. And we drove back to the Ikea in Brooklyn, finally got it. It was the last one. And 
yeah blessings blessings so we're we're getting someone from uh task rabbit to come and like build it for us and we can finally get like our clothes organized because i did as seal i have three like large cardboard boxes full of my clothes that i haven't opened and yeah so i'm trying to get organized but um, so this is like so is it a closet what is it <laughs> it is hard to describe like I feel like I got to show you a picture of it so it's like it's like a dresser but it also has like this little component that's kind of like this extra like like uh open closet wardrobe it's like an open wardrobe so it doesn't have the doors it just has the little mm -hmm. area to hang stuff up and then it has uh, it has a total of nine drawers because, uh, I mean, I have a lot of clothes. So the arrangement, the, the agreement was that I take the closet to hang up my clothes and Kiyoshi takes the wardrobe. So that's kind of why we were kind of stuck on this particular piece because it has the mm -hmm. area of the wardrobe for him to take. So that way I could take the closet. So, you know, compromise. Well, that's a nice compromise. Yeah. Making it work, making it work. But yeah, yeah, that was so. That's when does it get delivered? Uh, no, we already got it. We went to pick it up in Brooklyn because they weren't delivering, so um, oh. at least not to, to my area. So yeah, we went to Brooklyn, we picked it up, and it's here, it's in my, in my bedroom. But tomorrow, our friendly neighborhood task rabbit person is going to come in and put it together for us. And hopefully, you know, yes, we'll task rabbit coming in. Right? Yes, honestly, I've never hired anybody from TaskRabbit, but I think it's a really dope concept. And Kiyoshi's uh, actually hired someone before. So I'm like, you know, I'm all about like when I can to try to pay for convenience. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to put this together. So let's go on TaskRabbit. But yeah, that's that's pretty much been my week. Oh, one other thing like that happened that just like was like, I'm not going to get too much into details, but uh, my mom's little doggy of of uh, of many years got hit by a car and passed away. So that was like really tough on my family. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. And I think it, it, it was just tougher because of the way that it happened. And the person that hit him was an asshole and like put him in the mailbox. So when my mom went to look for him, that's where she found him. It's I'm like, oh wow, that's what, sad. What an evil ass person you have to be to do some shit like that. Like, but yeah, but you know, he's in a dog. That would be so sad. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't even imagine what your mom is going through. I know, but you know, we we we. Made so she didn't it. see it happen. She did not see it happen. No, she she was uh, inside the house. Sometimes they they for a very long time they've been they let the doggies come go outside, kind of like you know explore the land, if you will. And yeah, he must have went into the road. Somebody hit him, and I don't know why they decided it was a good idea to put his body in the in the mailbox, but that's what they did. And I'm like, you know what? But um, you know, we uh, they did like a little uh, doggy funeral for him and. You know, he's back in the earth um, and his little spirit is out in the universe somewhere. Mm. So, yeah. But um, cross the rainbow bridge. There you go. I was seeing, uh, I guess, uh, one of the, those little like um, um, 
almost like little doggy prayers that those were really cute. Mm -hmm. So I shared some with my mother, you know, to try to, because my mother's, you know, she really believes a lot in the power of prayer. So um, even though I'm not that religious, like I felt like in that moment, that was kind of like, like something that help needed. Her. It was helpful, you know? So mm -hmm. I was like, let me share that with her. And, you know, we're still a little bit in the morning phases, but, you know, we're, We'll, uh, we'll just re remember all the good memories with our cute little Benji. And um, that's yeah. all you could do. That's it. Right. But on a lighter note, I know that uh, we've kind of talked a little bit about the different changes that have been happening in our lives. So talking about change, uh, this is actually the perfect segue to our next announcement. So we mentioned last December during our first few episodes of Better Why that we're an evolving podcast. We're a baby podcast where we're growing and, you know, changes might happen uh, throughout our journey. And with that said, we've actually decided to change one of our segments to focus more on current events to keep y'all and ourselves updated. And it's going to be called, drum roll, Brrr. No Me Digas. <laughs> so for this first no me diga oh que no me quiere <laughs> honestly music brings joy y'all we gotta we gotta sneak it in when we can so yeah we're actually going to talk about the Lil Nas X music video controversy so for those of y'all that don't know um Lil Nas X uh, came out with a song called Montero and he released a music video uh that depicts basically uh him in uh, a scenes similar to those in the bible so I think Adam and Eve I think they had uh he had another scene uh, of him being, I, I think, what, what was meant to represent the, the devil as a fallen angel. And then the final, one of the final scenes is him basically sliding down a very, very long stripper pole from... There are people who are religious that, or, you know, who practice Christianity, who had, you know, very strong reactions to his video. Mm -hmm. Um there was a, a comment that was made about the fact that he, they were some, I forget who it was, but that person was disappointed, I guess, or they were, they were talking shit about how he knew that he had so many followers, including mm. children. And they felt like him knowing that children were following him that he should have mentioned like a disclosure on how the video could have been inappropriate so me that was one of the things that kind of stood out because I'm like I get that in a sense but I also get the fact that he said like you know you it's kind of your fault as the parent you were letting your kids listen to me in a way mm -hmm. right so it's like who who really who's in control of what their kid does or who you know who had the power to maybe prevent their kid from watching the video but even watching it I'm like what's inappropriate about this video what was the, the issue I didn't really see one I just felt like I saw someone who was being creative in mm -hmm. all reality. I like I saw creative. I saw someone who also is a part of the LGBT community normalizing 
men wearing wigs and having nails and you know exactly (laughs) I love that exactly exactly so like for me you know there's several things at hand we are reminded through his video how like harmful people could be about the LGBT community and Mm. and how religion is shameful to certain lifestyles quote unquote right or certain people certain types of people really because your sexuality is is part of who you are it's not I mean I don't really think that I can't I can't really classify it as a lifestyle like you know I don't know I I don't know if that's the right word no I think that makes sense yeah I mean I feel like you know people just let them like they should just let them rock and let him speak to who he is and being unapologetic about it that was my thought yeah that was that was kind of how I was feeling about it Honestly, I I totally agree with you. And I think one of the things also that in terms of like what you mentioned about the kids, I had completely forgotten about that, actually, that also like we live in an age of social media. Children are bound, especially if you give them access to the Internet, they are going to be exposed to different things regardless. It's your job as a parent to have a conversation with them about it you know, and, and explain or kind of hear what they have to say about it. You know, that's, that's really what's conducive to growth. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I'm just thinking in terms of teaching anybody, anything, if they see something, if they're, if they are going to be exposed to something, regardless, instead of trying to limit their exposure, try to have a conversation. Or shelter them, right? Exactly. Exactly. Have a conversation with them about it, about what it is, what it means. Like, you know, and I also think that, there's something to be said about not expecting these artists, artists specifically, artists, people that are creating art, music, visual art, dance, to raise your children in a way. So I think it's all about like having conversations and those difficult conversations with your kids to kind of unpack the, the video and whatever approach you choose to take. But I agree with you. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. And one of the things that I that I also heard, there's a podcast that I listened to. They there's kind of like a, a spinoff um, of that podcast that focuses basically on like telling, I guess, Bible stories in like a more modern fashion that's supposed to be like funny and fun. And uh, I love the- that. Yeah, and it's actually kind of dope, even though, again, I feel like I keep saying this. I'm not religious. I'm, I don't really follow religion, but it was actually really, it's actually a, a pretty dope podcast. Like, she's really funny. Uh, I think uh, her name is Brianda. I forget the name of the, of the actual podcast. Her name is Brianda. You got to share it with me because I want to hear it. But she said something that I just did not agree with at all. And uh, she basically said that she was disgusted in in what Lil Nas X did because you know it's disrespectful to 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 people that follow God and that God is love anything that's not God is not love and I the way and and one of the things that she said I think that that kind of made me I guess affirmed even more that I that what she was speaking just was not it is she says something to the effect of that that just because he had been exposed to a shitty church in terms of like him and making making the comment about uh, feeling like he was uh, expelled and 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 treated um, 
unfairly and pretty much shunned for who he was by a church. And she basically said that the church, you know, even though he went to a shitty church, he can't hold, you know, every, every, the whole religion uh, accountable. And I'm like, it's sis, it's not just a shitty church. I think that we do have to recognize that the institution of religion has had some part in, in influencing a lot of like the laws and policies that have made it, let's like realistically in the US have made it difficult for for the LGBTQ community to navigate this country uh, equally or equitably to those that are in in straight relationships. Like when was it that 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 the law that allowed um, uh, LGBTQ marriages to happen or same sex marriages to happen that that was past what 2012? That's like less than 10 years ago, and that was influenced by the Christian institution. So no, sis, it's not just one church. It, it, the, the institution of religion has had a much larger impact. And I, at the end of the day, I think that the video was dope. I think it was very well crafted and he looked great. And it's also really catchy. I was feeling his outfits for sure. Yes, I love the, um, the the one in the first scene I, that was really dope I really is that the it. pink with the pink outfit i think that was the, the one that was like grayish pink i think that was it mm -hmm. or yeah. i might, I might be like uh, watch mixing the video it. watch it yeah i'm actually gonna now after this episode i'm probably gonna watch it again thanks everyone all right awesome so now we can actually move on to our beta why so as many of you probably know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, so short is for Sam, which is a month to center survivors of sexual assault, talk about consent, accountability, and continue to commit ourselves to eradicating rape culture. So before we even jump into this combo, um, just wanna issue a trigger warning. Uh, we are going to be talking about um, sexual assault, sexual harassment, violence against women in the context of rape culture and, and sharing some statistics and whatnot. So just wanna kind of issue that trigger warning. We're probably gonna put it in the uh, description of the episode as well. Just wanted to let uh, give everybody a heads up before we actually jump into the combo. So as we know more than ever, these types of combos are important because the pandemic has exacerbated the already overwhelming challenges that are faced by sexual assault survivors and, and uh, survivors of any type of intimate partner violence. And it, it makes it more difficult and risky for them to seek help, social distancing and whatnot. Um, so they're isolated from loved ones, friends, or coworkers that they might have come in contact with beforehand who might have been in the best position to provide some sort of support. And this honestly just confirms what we've already known, that we have to strengthen policy laws and economic support and other resources available for sexual assault survivors. So as I mentioned before, our conversation today is actually going to focus on sharing some of the knowledge that we have regarding statistics and resources, as well as discussing a recent hashtag that's been trending on Instagram and Twitter, hashtag not all men. So it emerged in response to the recent media coverage of violence committed by men against women. So when I first saw this shit, I was really, really upset, but I had 
some time to kind of think and, and collect my thoughts. And I wanted to bring it to, to our podcast, CEO, because I think that there's a lot to be said about this. So what are, well, I guess my first question is, have you seen the hashtag? And what are you, some of your like thoughts when you saw it or if you've seen it? So I've been off of social media, so I took a little break. So I haven't seen it, but uh, I did read into it. So when I first saw it, hashtag not all men, I automatically just thought that this was a hashtag coming from men, essentially, that were saying, don't generalize all men. So you know, similar to the hashtag all lives matter. Yes. Right? Yeah. So when I see that, I kind of see that. Right. So it's like we get that, you know, not all men are committing violence against women. Essentially, we know that. But that's not what we're seeing. Right. Or that's Mm -hmm. not what's being said. In a way, it kind of made me feel like it was um, minimizing or just Mm. excusing men instead of kind of just saying like, well, just acknowledging, validating the fact that like it's, it's about the person reporting right not Mm -hmm. necessarily the abuser and really not the abuser there are men who are abusing women and those are the men that we're talking about like those are the men that are that are being called out on I say call out because some men have gotten away with some of the things that they've Mm -hmm. done for many years and now they're being called out and held accountable I think you made a really good point about the all lives matter uh, response to Black Lives Matter. This is this gives me that type of feeling too. That is, you literally hit it right on the head. I think that that it's one of those uh, situations where instead of uh, men uh, thinking, okay, let me take a step back and listen to the women in my life or the women that are speaking up now and see how it is that I can support, you know? And I think that instead of doing that, they're like, well, not all men, not all men do this, not all men do that. And I also think it's unwillingness to to take accountability for the way that they may benefit or contribute towards patriarchal society in a, in a more, I guess, a commonly discussed topic or, or it, uh, of rape culture. So I think that this, the conversations that I have had uh, with men when we talk about rape culture and they're like, well, I've never raped anybody. I've never sexually assaulted anybody, but they've sent someone unsolicited dick pics or they've uh, catcalled someone on the street or made them uh, made them feel uncomfortable or have joined in on conversations about women on their campus in their workplace uh, that are slut shame and at times knowing that what they're saying is harmful and still not stepping in and saying anything not intervening because I know that also happens too they're like well I don't join in on the conversations Yes, but you don't say anything to stop it. You don't hold your fellow homeboys accountable when they're saying and or doing shit that is harmful and violent towards women. And you pat yourself on the back by saying, well, I'm not, I'm not doing it though. So hashtag not all men do that. 
I think that that also brought that up for me because it's a conversation that I've had multiple times with different men in my life. I think uh, the other thing really is that conversations, like some of the things that you mentioned, right, unsolicited dick pics and like um, cat calling and things like that, those things are quote unquote normal for Mm -hmm. these people that you're talking to. Yeah. To take a step back and think about the other picture some men maybe don't even they're not even taught that this is this Mm. is not something that women want to experience you know what I'm saying so like when we talk about what people are doing I always try to think about where they you know what their background is or Mm. at least like how they Mm. were raised because Mm. there are people who really think that that is okay like okay yeah Yeah, I'll say okay it's common it happens Mm -hmm. often right but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's okay I I mean I was raised in New York so that was common yeah but even me as a woman like initially wasn't really thinking and I don't know if if this was just me but I wasn't really thinking that somebody cat calling me was offensive in a way because I I never realized that like maybe there's a different way that men can communicate how they feel Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying you really have to be taught, right? It's not necessarily common sense unless someone is telling you, Mm. I do not want you to do this. I need you to stop doing this. So actually that's a good segue to the next, I guess, question, which is like, how do we redirect that? Like, I know that I think we've mentioned this in like a lot of our other episodes where we're just like, sometimes we do want to take the time, especially for the people that we love or, or, the men that we love in our in our families and in our friendships in our in our and for me specifically my partner to to try to redirect some of these thoughts so like how do we do that like how do we engage in those conversations because i know obviously sometimes i get so pissed off sometimes even talking about these types of things i'm just like i forget about what you just mentioned which is this is how they were raised. This is how what they grew up learning, not just from their parents, not just from their teachers, not just from their fellow friends, not just from society, not just from the media, from magazines, from, they were basically bombarded and so were we. And that's why sometimes we internalize those messages. But how can we like redirect them? Like what are some of the, the ways? And I know Sio that you've done this before. So what are some of the ways that you've like, found to be able to I guess redirect the the and engage in these combos with the men in our really hard it's really hard yeah it's really hard because I think I mean it's a multi it's multifaceted it's just really Mm -hmm. not a simple answer because I think it depends on the person that you're talking to because in all reality it's it's just there's so many factors that play into how receptive someone is going to be to what you're saying to them yeah you know, and, and I feel like the basis of all of this is communication. Mm. When we are taught to effectively communicate and to talk about the emotions that we're feeling, giving them insight in, on how the other person might actually feel and not only doing what you want to do or that person feels like they want to do, whether that's cat call, send a pic or whatever. For me, back to the, like the communication piece, I, if we were taught to effectively communicate and make it okay for people to talk to other people and share that they like them. 
if we normalize that, then I feel like we would have a lot of a lot less situations where we're feeling like we're being disrespected or we're being violated because truthfully, like those men or those, you know, perpetrators essentially would would be communicating in a very different way. No, I think that's valid. Honestly, I think that it's communications specifically with like people that we love, I think is huge and trying to get them to understand. For me, I think that it's always harder because women, uh, self-identified women friends. And Mm -hmm. to me, sometimes it feels incredulous, incredulous that they don't see it, you know? But I I have to remind myself that A, I cannot, I, I can only have the conversation, plant the seed and then choose to either disengage or choose how I want to move forward, depending on, on what the outcome of the conversation is. Because at the end of the day, like I still want to ensure that the relationship that I'm in, I, that I feel safe. Right. And I think that that's, that's, mm-hmm. I think the tough part with when you, when having these types of conversations with people that we care about other people, we could just be like, fuck it, deuces and just move on. And I think in relation to like, uh, the, in like, I guess the bigger picture, uh, one of the things that, that happened after this whole hashtag, not all men uh, started trending is women started to do hashtag all women. And they basically started to list all the things that women have to worry about, things that 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 all women uh, experience, whether they realize it or not. So I think that doing something like that to the receptive men could potentially spark some sort of seed of, of uh, wanting to understand more. And as a result, maybe pushed forward some sort of culture change, which I think that we're seeing a little bit more now, but it's still, obviously we have a long way to go, but like some of the things that I was seeing in hashtag all women have shared their location with a friend at some point, or hashtag all women have uh, shared their location when they've gone on a date. And it's funny because I actually told uh, someone, I was like, yeah, I've done that. Have you done that before? Shared your location or told someone where, where you were going to be? Yes and vice versa exactly so and the fact that like when i told this this guy that he's like what you do that when you go on dates you do that i'm like yes if i'm going on a date with someone that i've never met before chances are i'm sharing my i'm letting my friends know or i'm sharing my location and he thought it was the weirdest shit ever but it was just like to see that under that hashtag all for women i'm like it confirms it you know and i think that continuing to utilize social media uh, for that to reach people that, or specifically men that we would not have had conversations with could also make an impact. And honestly, that's why I, even though as much as I'm like, I do need to, um, you know, I, I like to give myself uh, hiatuses from social media, similar to the one you did, because I think it's necessary. I also think social media is really useful for movements and for cultural change. So yeah, hashtag all women. Um, yeah, that that sh- that was a like um, I think that for specifically for the men that listen to this podcast, I would if you don't feel comfortable yet, or maybe you're not at the place in your journey where you want to have these conversations with the women in your family, with the women in your circles, I would suggest that you go under this hashtag and you see like the thousands of women that are basically saying the same exact thing 
And there's two women on this podcast telling you that as well. This person that you were talking to was like surprised at the fact that women actually send their location is really this idea that he doesn't understand in all actuality how men are seen as harmful. Mm, that's real right so like this idea that you don't even know people see you as harmful as at granted of course everybody can be harmful it doesn't matter like if you're a man or a woman mm -hmm. but the idea that there is this this hierarchy that that mm -hmm. has been established within our country between men and women so naturally speaking it's kind of like men have this this power over women and mm -hmm. and as a result there's potential for harm there right because yeah. we're we as women are quote unquote weak and you know we can't you know fend for ourselves and mm -hmm. and just don't be powerful but like that's very real for that person right the, yeah. the reality that they have no idea how they can appear to be very harmful and and triggering to people simply because they don't feel like they're not that type of person, right? So, and that could happen with any situation. I also think that it's like kind of tying it back to what you said, um, I guess to make it full circle, kind of tying it back to what you said in terms of the hashtag not all men being similar to like uh, uh, the all lives matter response to Black Lives Matter. We do, we live in a patriarchal society, like you said, power dynamics. We, we know that this, that, you know, we know that inherently women are powerful and we are worthy and we are valuable. But I, I think that we also need to recognize that we do live in a patriarchal society. We live in, in, a, in a country that still, you know, re-victimizes and doesn't believe most of sexual assault survivors. Um, and we've seen that um, statistically speaking. And I just think that that when you grow with, when you are raised and are, are learned with a certain level of privilege, when you don't have to even think about the fact that you need to send your location to ensure that you make it home safe, that in itself is, should be a, a, a point of, of reflection, right? And while I do want to give people the grace to like learn, I also have to say that there, there's also a point where you kind of have to decide whether you either want to obtain more knowledge to understand the women and not be, truly be not part of the, the, of, of the problem, or you're just going to keep living your life in, in ignorance. So I think that that is also important to mention. It's like, you have to make a choice once someone like, let's say example, for example, I have a conversation with someone I love, they need to, that, that man needs to choose whether he is going to choose to unlearn the things that he has learned, or if he's just going to continue to be part of this bigger culture. Um, and I also think it starts with teaching young boys. I think I've seen a lot of, a lot of uh, scenarios where because they're young, everyone's all like, they don't understand. They don't understand yet. Mm, no. They do. They do. Very young. When you don't tell a kid no, or when you don't tell him, okay, you smacking so-and-so's ass without asking, it's not cute. It's not funny. And you don't have to sit there and give them a dialogue because they may not understand the words, but you can let them know, hey, that's not okay. 
that's not your body, that's their body. You don't touch without asking. Because what happens is these these behaviors continue to be affirmed. I actually had a scenario with um with a friend where the little boy was forcing the little girl to dance with him and he was grabbing her. They were young. They were maybe like five years old. And I told him, I was like, you know, don't do that. She doesn't want to dance. You should let her sit. And her, his mom said to me, oh, he's not, he doesn't listen to anyone. You know, I, I wouldn't waste my breath. And it just like, and I guess, again, that kind of, it, it goes back to like, we have to like correct uh, course correct that early on um, in order for it to not continue to be something that this person learns is okay and it's affirmed every time they are either at work, college, friend circles, and it just becomes something that is so ingrained that it's difficult to unlearn once they get to adulthood. And the reality is that we know the behaviors are learned. Mm-hmm. So there's also a very there's also a chance that a kid or someone who has offended I mean I don't want to use a kid and offended in the same sentence but when a kid does something normally it's because of something they've seen mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and when that kid grows up sometimes there is no therapist there is no mm-hmm. anyone to have to interfere to say like this is wrong like yeah. I so when like when we talk about if we're talking about kids or since we're talking about kids I work at a mental health clinic right so mm. I see kids who are exposed to domestic violence and a mm. lot of those kids do end up thinking that these behaviors are okay mm. and I'm not excusing them but I'm saying that their environment they're genuinely a product of their environment mm. and that does I mean, you, you sh- we should hold parents accountable, but sometimes the, that person, that parent that's being abused is not going to tell their kid that they shouldn't look for somebody that does, that yeah. treats, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it's, it just doesn't happen that way. So mm. I feel like the response that that mom gave you is kind of like a response that she doesn't, she doesn't have the level of awareness that those mm. behaviors can potentially That's lead valid. to something very, very negative. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, very, you know, just, just terrible for everyone. So it, it has to do, I feel like with, with no, with no one really being aware that there's genuinely an issue, right? Like yeah. she genuinely, that lady dead ass just said some, said to you, like, there was no, like, he doesn't listen to anybody. All right. Well, that's the end of it. Mm. That's valid. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not yeah. like, I think you know, it's that, layered. That may not be. Yeah, it is layered. Mm-hmm. It is, it is layered. It, it, it is layered. But unfortunately, the reality is, is that there, there's still so many occurrences where, you know, women are harmed. And yeah. I feel like, you know, and, and that's, that is, how do we prevent, try to prevent that from happening right and I think it is talking about all of these these layers that we were just talking about Mm. which is you know education which is exposure which is Mm. mental health services which is you know what I'm saying yep yep it's just yeah it's just layered and and I think that a lot needs to be done when we're talking about prevention and 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 trying to save 
our humanity, essentially. That's so valid. To, to wrap this up uh, with a bow, I'm going to share a couple of like statistics to just kind of put it in, in perspective. And I think that a lot of these we have heard before. We've heard them as numbers, but maybe with no um, context or additional explanation. So we're going to try to give you what we can. And uh, the rest, Google is your friend. So one in three women has been a survivor of violence at the hands of an intimate partner, which equates to approximately 736 million women. So that figure may be even higher considering the significant number of women around the world that don't report and are not counted, many of which are trans women and in the case of the US specifically, undocumented women and even within uh, LGBTQ relationships as well. And one in five women and one in 71 men in the United States have been raped or sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Fewer than 40% of the women who experience violence seek help of any sort. In the majority of countries with available data on this issue among women who do seek help, most look to family and friends and very few look to formal institutions such as police and health services. Fewer than 10% of those seeking help appeal to the police. And I mean, we know just from, from watching uh, things unfold in the media and even our own experiences or experiences of, of, of people that we know that what ends up happening a lot of time when you go to police is you are again, re-victimized by the system. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that of course we know has, has been a something that activists and scholars and survivors have known for a very, very long time. But uh, all we can do at this point is continue this conversation, continue to talk to our friends, our families, continue to advocate and elevate the voices of survivors and uh, you know, uh, fight for, um, for change in policies and laws, contribute and donate when possible financially to organizations that are doing that work, whether it's to direct services or, or fighting um, to change laws and policies to make things better for survivors and also uh, contribute towards the shift in you know, the, the, this culture of violence against women. So that brings us to our final and last segment. Our Women Crush Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. Well, so this time around our Women Crush Wednesday is not a person, but instead a group of women. With the recent increase of violent acts against the Asian American Pacific Islander community with women as the most vulnerable, we wanted to highlight an organization with origins within the Philippine movement. Affirm, if y'all don't know, is a national organization of women engaged in transnational feminist, anti-imperialist activism and dedicated to the fight against oppression in all its forms. Affirm's diverse multi-ethnic Membership is committed to militant movement building from the United States and affects change through grassroots organizing, trans-ethnic alliance building, education, advocacy, and direct action. With the slogan, a woman's place is at the head of the struggle, Affirm is an all-volunteer grassroots organization whose members recognize the intersectionality of their struggles and the absolute necessity of women's revolutionary resistance. Damn. That was powerful. Just hearing you say that, honestly. 
I'm like, yes, a farm. I love a farm. I I, they're an amazing organization. I actually had an opportunity to attend their um, their sem- their conference. So they have like every every year they have a, a weekend long conference where they basically have um, a variety of different uh, movement building type trainings and workshops. It was it was so dope. I went like two years ago. I think it was two or three years ago. And yeah, it takes place in New York City and they're just like a really dope, powerful organization. So shout out to Affirm. Shout out to Affirm and women doing things all over the world. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of Better Why podcast. Thank you for continuing to support us and we will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Yes, out.